Welcome back to the Mind the Mirror and Me, the podcast where a 23-year-old hairstylist takes on mental health, self-love, solitude, and more. I'm impressed every time I get that. It's impressive. It is. Hey, how offended have you been when I haven't remembered the order of the Mind the Mirror and Me at first? I have it down. Do you really have it down though? You because you have said some silly things when we've talked about episodes no, several. And I didn't mean it to sound dismissive. So and the so yeah, silly. but it's the mind, the mirror, me, which this brings up a good question, although I've cut into your intro, Mac. That's okay. So this week when we were talking about recording today, I feel as if you said a few times, Hey, and if you're busy, I could do it myself. And so then I noticed the mind, the mirror, and me, not the mind, the mirror, and us. I don't know, just kinda putting pieces together. Was the goal to just use me for my podcasting equipment while you were here? Now you've got your own. So are you good? Yeah, you can actually just hop off of this right now. I actually don't need okay. you here. <laughs> okay, I see how it is. All right. No, I said I could do it on my own just in case you were busy because you're a busy guy. Okay, but I enjoy this. And the feedback was really yeah. nice. It really was. It did was you get... really nice. Yeah. I did. I got quite a few messages that were very nice. I have interesting things I want to share with you very quickly. Okay. I'm intrigued. Okay. Okay. So I don't even want you to see the stats because I became a little bit obsessed with my stats early on. And I think most podcasters are. Yeah. So if you ever want to know the stats, I'm just going to make them up for you or I'm going to not show you how to log in and get the stats. Okay. okay? Works for me. But here's a really fascinating one. Somebody listened in every state and then you had people listening in over a dozen countries, including places like Chad in not a guy named Chad. Or maybe his name is Chad, but the country of Chad in Africa. Yeah. Who knows? Or like small countries throughout Europe and in, in the Middle East. And there are just random people that listen. How's that? Is that fun? It's, it's pretty crazy. I'm on it. Is, it is cool. <laughs> okay. There's your fun stat facts for the day. So back to you, Mac. Okay. So I kind of told you what we're talking about today. And that is the topic of the body, which suggested that you... Tried to make a little funny there. What did I say? You were like, oh, we're going to talk about periods? Oh, I did. Okay, I did. Because I was coming from this place of when people... Here's what's funny, Mac. When we were talking, I think earlier that day, I thought about this later now that you say that. I was talking with a newlywed couple. And we were talking about how neither one of them had ever even talked about. They never had the talk from their parents, the old birds and the bees or any of that sort of thing. And I remember as a therapist being pretty surprised with how few people talk about it at all. And then I remember, this is kind of funny. I don't know if you remember that talk. Oh, vividly. (laughs) This is what was, okay, that same reaction when I've talked to some of your siblings where mom and I thought, man, we nailed that thing. It was the greatest thing ever. And not realizing that, yeah, that vividly that maybe we, is there, is there a good way to have that talk? A bit traumatizing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. (laughs) So I think that was in my head. Yeah. But before anyone hears that and just runs off and freaks out, we're not talking about the body in that sense. Yeah. No, this is not a health. Yeah. No, none of that. So just throw that out the window because we're not, that will not come up again. I promise. Um, if you're just violently uncomfortable right now from hearing any of those things, but we want to talk about the body more in the sense that your body is the least interesting thing about you. This concept, Mackie, when you were saying this, I've never thought of it this way. This is fascinating to me. I, it's not something that is said a lot. I think 
in today with social media, like just content, things like that. Not a lot of people are throwing out this idea that your appearance is the least interesting thing about you. And it doesn't hold as much weight as I think we like to act like it does. Um, And that's not to say you're not allowed to care about your body or what you look like because you are. And you know, this is all coming from somebody who like loves her fake tan and her extensions and her eyelashes and who struggles with this a lot and does care a lot about appearance or has at certain points. And there is nothing wrong with um, being healthy and taking care of your body and customizing the way that you look to feel good because there is the whole concept that when you look good, you tend to feel good Mm -hmm. or at least a little bit better. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to leave space for that here because that is a thing. It is good to take care about your body and to put effort in there and to try to be healthy because your body is what carries you through this life. So it is good. We're leaving space for that, but you are so much more than all of that. The factors of your appearance and what you look like and what size you are and you know, what shape your nose is and like all the, Mm. all the little tiny things that we get really insecure about. You are more than that. Well, I just think it's a great example of, I know in our family, people say that you got one nose or the other nose. And I can't remember who, which nose you guys want, but then it's funny because to me, I never really noticed. So I think it maybe even is that example of you're aware of your nose, but other people may not be. So it really may be the least interesting thing, but how much emotional calories can you burn worrying about your nose? Exactly. And about all these little insecurities you might have that other people literally never notice or have never thought about or have never used against you or used to diminish your value in any way. No, that's a great point where it doesn't matter. Because I I mean, if we're going to stay on noses, super insecure about my nose and always have been. Nobody cares. Nobody looks at me and goes, yikes. (laughs) The nose (laughs) is not a thing. And and I know this is going to sound almost like uh, just a life coach vibe, but and if they do... Honest to goodness, that's a them issue and it should be a little bit of a red flag. Yeah, no, and that's very true. And so it just, it doesn't matter as much as we maybe make it out to matter (laughs) Mm -hmm. in our minds. I was doing some research before this episode because I was just curious about the numbers um, because I assumed they weren't great. I assumed that I wasn't the only one that has been insecure about my body or my size or the way I look or anything like that. But I was honestly kind of shocked by how intense the numbers are. So these studies that I was reading, they were taken from group like 50,000 adults. Um, And in women, 60% of women were self-conscious about their weight, whether that was feeling too heavy or too small. 30% of those women reported feeling really uncomfortable in a swimsuit or even too uncomfortable to wear a swimsuit. And 20% just plain thought they were unattractive. And then in men, again, a group of 50,000, 41% of men and were self-conscious about their weight, 16% uncomfortable in a swimsuit, um, and 11% thought that they were unattractive, which are big numbers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think in my head, I thought, there have to at least be a good amount of people that are just feeling pretty good all around and don't have those insecurities, but that's obviously not the reality. In children, 50% of 13-year-old girls report being unhappy with their body, which is insane, like 13-year-olds. And that number grows to almost 80% by the time they're 17. So 
we're saying then about 80% of 17-year-old girls are unhappy with their bodies, which is so sad. It's really and, sad because that's a time where the brain is still evolving right. and it, you're creating the what it feels like to be you. And it's during that time that it can start to really feel like, okay, I, I'm, I'm ugly. I'm not enough. I'm all these things. Right. And that becomes From part of that internal narrative. Yeah. yeah. And then there were quite a few studies that kind of tied this into like mental health and the way that people felt about their bodies, how that affected their mental health. And it's like, I was so shocked, like the massive numbers of people that refrain from doing things that they want to yeah. do or like participating in activities or going for certain things in their life because of the way that they feel about their appearance. And then with that, the number of people that because of the way they feel about their body have had suicidal thoughts, increased anxiety, mm -hmm. um, increased depression, all just due to body image. And it's sad. It's really sad. And it's something that I think is just, I mean, especially based off these numbers is common. Yeah. It's something I deal with intensely. It's a big reason I wanted to talk about this because I do think it is such a big thing and something that people struggle with in one way or another, you know, yeah. not necessarily the same exact way. Okay. So from that mental health aspect to then when, what it feels like to be somebody is feeling unattractive or worrying about their weight. And if they're not trying to get help for that. And I just mean by seeing a therapist or being able to talk through these things that when you keep things in your head and then you just ruminate and you worry, and then that's even more of what keeps you from doing. And the more that you are ruminating and worrying, you know, I think we talk about this often. We talked about it in the last episode too, that those are all wasted emotional calories. And so then, but the more you do it, the more that's what it feels like to be you. And here's the big thing about therapy. If you're talking to a friend and you say, I don't feel like I look very good in a swimsuit. And if your friend says, that's ridiculous, you look fine. You know, this is where they're telling you you're wrong, which is mm -hmm. ironic because it sounds like the right thing to say. But so then we start to even feel like, okay, well, I already know the answer I'm going to get. Or if I say I don't feel good in a swimsuit and they don't say anything, then we think, well, they must agree. So that's such a difficult place to be. But then if you, if you're able to express something to somebody and they're saying, man, tell me more about that. And what is that like for you? And how does that feel? And what have you, what do you, then what our brain starts to do is say, okay, this thing that I have is scary in my head. And if I keep it in my head, it's going to continue to be scary. And if I express it to people that maybe aren't necessarily safe, and then they're going to either disagree with me or they're by in essence agreeing with me because they aren't saying anything. There's just way too many things going on there that are going to continue to make me feel like I'm, yeah, it doesn't, I'm, doesn't really feel like there's a good outcome there. No. So I think it's safer to just leave it here, but mm -hmm. then it is just, and I'll deal with it later. And then meanwhile, how do I get rid of my discomfort with that? Well, then we right. go to unhealthy coping mechanisms, which can be a lot of times it can be, it can be food or it can be starvation or it can be our phones or it can be gambling or porn or anything, you know, to get yeah. rid of that discomfort. And then, yeah. but I'll do everything different tomorrow. The old, I'll do it later story. Right. Right. Yeah. And then weirdly enough, usually tomorrow comes around and nothing really, no, <laughs> nothing really changes exactly. there. So basically then just a lot of people are being held back or negatively impacted purely based on the way that they feel just about their size or their appearance. And I think with that, just if you do struggle with body image or self-confidence or self-love or just feeling okay with your appearance in any way, you are so insanely not alone. And I think that we just, we do live in like a day and age where it is so common. And I would assume that that's 
partially to do with social media and media content. I mean, we have this instant comparison at our fingertips Yeah. with our phones and with social media. And the reality of it is that your worth doesn't come from the size of your jeans. And it has nothing to do with your body fat percentage or like the number is on the scale. That is not what makes you you in any way whatsoever. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day when I was kind of putting together all my thoughts for this episode. And the question is just that if we lived in a world where there were no mirrors or no reflections or no social media, no pictures where just appearances and sizes really did not matter, who would you want to be? And what would your personality look like? What traits or characteristics would you put more time and energy into having or working on, or would you hope to have, or what would you do with your life? Like what, what would your career goals be or your life goals? Who would you be in this world where none of these things mattered in any way? Because I think even if we say they don't matter, they still kind of matter. (laughs) I mean, for me, I was thinking of big kind of deeper things about what I would want to be doing or how I'd want to be kind of portraying myself or who I am, but also little tiny things like just outfit I've wanted to wear, but didn't wear because I didn't like the way my stomach or my thighs or my arms or anything like that looked, or I've stopped going on my dating apps as often because I think about then the fact that I'd have to go on a date and they'd see me. They'd have to see what I looked like in person. And that's terrifying. But tell me, cause I kind of threw that on, on you. Yeah. So please, I want to hear what that made you think of. Uh, well, 500 things. So <laughs> I'll just cover the first 230 of them. Uh, Perfect. So sit, sit back for a little bit. Um, that concept is there's so many thoughts first that kind of breaks my brain a little bit because it's hard to not yeah, but yourself. This is where I like to say, okay, yeah, it breaks my brain. It also makes me think of, I feel like I am getting there and I am a ripe young 53 years old. And I had the, I've had this figured out for, oh, months now, Mackie, as a mental health professional. So that's why I think this is so important to talk about these things now. So now I do have the facial hair that I used to think people would judge, or I do wear clothes that aren't therapist clothes necessarily in the therapy office where I used to care and think, well, people might not want to come see me because I'm not wearing, I don't know, a suit and a tie and the, with the corduroy patches on my sleeves or what a therapist is supposed to do. And I can't even believe that was the mindset that I had where I was so worried about what other people would think or what, what they would say. And, and I think that you and I've talked before about, I still remember when I was becoming a therapist and I went from this place of thinking, I'm not sure what to say to what would a real therapist say right now to then finally get into the place of, Hey, you are a real therapist to now it's just, Oh, this is what I say. And I do use humor and I do enjoy this and I'm not wearing the patches on my sleeves. And if somebody, if they're saying, Oh, well, I think you should be doing it differently. Then I get to say, Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you for your feedback. Now hit the bricks. I mean, I don't say that part out loud. So I just think it would be amazing (laughs) to have that concept where if you, yeah, I, I, hopefully people would just kind of, be and do the things that they've wanted to be and do and wear the things they want to. And basically like exploring and experimenting of what they enjoy without worry of what people 
will tell them because I, you know, I call that psychology, the peanut gallery. But what do you think about this? So I'm asking somebody else to weigh in on what I've always wondered or been curious about for myself. And now, you know, there's a couple of ways to look at that. The best answer might be for somebody to say, I'm not even really sure. You just kind of hit me with that. And I haven't really formed an opinion or, but tell me what you're even looking for. Because sometimes people put up when they're put on the spot, they feel like I have to make a judgment. So they may say, yeah, I don't really think that looks good on you. And now all of a sudden the thing that we wanted to do we just asked somebody else to validate what we want to do. And then now we're going to base our worth and the things we're going to do moving forward based on the psychology of the peanut gallery. You're bringing up a point that like, I didn't even really think about when I was thinking about all of this, because I think this does also then lead into the whole idea that we feel as though we have to be a certain way, mm -hmm. right? Is, which is what we're kind of talking about, but that goes past just the way we look physically and it doesn't enter into who we are and what we feel like we're allowed to say or do or yeah. act like. Cause I think I've found myself doing this before where I feel like I can't say what my favorite thing is, or I don't want yeah. to express an opinion or something like that because I have it so in my head that I have to be this perfect, like cookie cutter yeah. version of something. And if we could just be confident and like self-assured that then we could just be our authentic selves in all aspects and could look the way we want to look or the way that we just do look because we always have and always will look that way. But then also we could be authentic and have our personalities and not feel like we have to change that in any way for other people. It's so true, Mackie. And this is where to get a little bit nerdy, this concept, and I want to go to chat GPT and find some cooler phrases to say instead of what I say constantly is everything becomes an opportunity to self confront and grow. Just meaning that if I'm starting to be and do what feels right for me, which still feels scary because we're coming out of, a, you know, when you're a kid, you, you do need that guidance and you are looking for that validation and approval. So that's totally normal. But then we start to mature and we still feel like we need other people's approval and their validation. But we're the ones that are starting to come into our own and feel like we like certain things that we never knew we did or we have liked those things, but we've been afraid to express that or watch that or eat that or wear that. And so then we're still doing, we, it's part of who we are, you know, the maturation process of saying, what do you think? But in reality, again, we're handing what could be something that matters to us over to somebody else. So then when they say, I don't like that, or I don't think so, then we get disappointed. And that's for, as a therapist, I just want to say, why did that person have so much power or influence? And even if it's because they're my parent, then it's like, oh man, and they did a great job. Now it's time for you. And so then when you look at that, everything is an opportunity to self-confront and grow. Then if somebody says, well, I don't like it, well, then I get to say, okay, I do. So now I'm starting to recognize the discomfort of continuing to do something, even if somebody else tells me that I can't. And that becomes empowering. And that is one of those things where it takes, you have to be intentional. You have to sit with that discomfort. Like we said last time, you have to do it anyway. And over time, you realize I'm alive. And I'm still wearing the thing and I kind of like it. And actually I can change this anytime I want. And that's where it starts to get kind of deep. And if you find yourself around more and more people that are saying, I don't think you should, or I think you should do this. And I don't like this, man, maybe that's too much emotional calories spent in trying to manage this relationship where you also probably find yourself every now and again, running into people that are, it's really easy to just be and do. And then that starts to feel more of the mutually reciprocal relationship versus that I have to prove myself to somebody else because that, oh my gosh, as a marriage therapist, if I could say that is not something that, that needs to really be done. 
That's interesting because the thing that like is coming to my mind with all of this is I think of one thing that I've had to work on mm-hmm. is, and it's such a dumb little thing, but at the same time, it's not <laughs> because I, I remember for years and I feel like this was closer to when I was like, you know, end of high school, beginning of college age. I remember people would ask things like what my favorite songs were, my favorite artist or my favorite movie or anything like that, even favorite food. And I would immediately feel so vulnerable in a weird way where I felt like, well, I can't tell them what music I actually like because it's not like this popular totally. mainstream thing. Or if I tell them I really like this, they Absolutely, might like write man. me and think something. Or again, even favorite foods. Because I, I mean, I, I eat like a child, right? Like yes, I you do. Mac and cheese. I do. I love mac and cheese and I love chicken nuggets. And ever, I used to not tell people that because I was so afraid that they would judge me or use that against me somehow or think I was wrong or weird or not good enough or not cool enough. And so I would find myself saying things that weren't necessarily true where I'd be like, no no other people like this artist. Yes. So I'm going to say that, or this is usually people's like, you know, in their top five favorite movies or whatever. So I'm just going to go with one of those because then there's no chance that I have to feel anything uncomfortable or have to explain myself or feel weird about being just who I am. Can I give you a funny, it's so perfect. So we saw the Barbie movie together. Yeah. And did you like the Barbie movie, Mackie? Like literally one of my favorite movies I've ever seen in my life. I loved it. And so what was so funny is I don't, for some reason, people are making their opinions of what I would think about it. So last week in sessions, there were two or three times where somebody said to me, uh, hey, did you see the Barbie movie? And then I said, oh, I did. And they said, what'd you think? And I said, oh, no, I'm not falling for this one. I will confidently tell you my opinion. But I want you to go first because, you know, one of these guys was funny. He was he's so cool because he's a dad. He's got a great job, but we're working on emotional immaturity. And that emotional maturity Mm -hmm. is like, well, yeah, I guess I kind of think what you think, too, because then you'll like me. And we're trying to work on, oh, it's okay to have that discomfort or tension. And he's a guy that and he said, you know, I actually kind of liked it. And he said it almost apologetically. And I just said, I loved it. He's like, okay, me too. I loved it. Yeah. So but then I had somebody else at one point say, well, I'm sure you didn't like the Barbie movie earlier in the week. And then I said, oh, well, tell me why. And then what was funny about that one is he didn't really have a lot to back it up. He just kind of assumed I wouldn't. And so then I said, oh, I loved it. And, and that's one of those things where when you look at everything as this opportunity to self-confront and grow is then it, that's a huge part where, as a therapist, almost the homework of where, of whether you are having an opportunity to express yourself, or even if you're hearing other people have opinions and then just check in with yourself and say, what do I think about that? And would I be afraid to express that? And if so, why? Right. right. Yeah. yeah. And kind of then sit with that discomfort and yeah. figure out why am I feeling that way? Because I think like the, the beauty of being human is that we are all so different in every aspect in the way that we look in our bodies, our sizes, our faces, but then also going deeper than that, our opinions and our values and the things we care about and the little, you know, the food we like, the music we like, that is like, it would be so stupid if we were all exactly the same. It really would. It would be so dumb and so boring. And so the beauty of it is being yourself. Yeah. Whoever that is, whatever that means. I am like, enough. I am exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. It's true though, because it really, who you are and all the opinions you have and all the things that you feel is so cool. Yeah. Even if it's not what, what you might think other people think is so cool. And it doesn't matter because the reality is like you are the, you are the one living in your brain and you are the one living 
in your body every second of every day. Yeah. And it's, it sucks to not just get to, to be who you are and do what you like. Yeah. And see what you want. This is where, again, marriage therapist and me, I love giving the speech of we, we all show up in relationships. If we haven't done a lot of work, emotionally immature and we're codependent, we're enmeshed. I do it with my hands. So for those on YouTube, right. (laughs) Codependent and enmeshed. And then, but that's because we have this, we really want somebody to like us because we feel like we may never be liked. And so if somebody starts to like us, then we do kind of skip being who we are because we don't want that person to think that's bad or crazy. So if they say, do you like Jane Austen movies? Then we kind of go, Oh, you know what? I do. But in our side of ourselves, we're saying, I got to figure out what Jane Austen movies are, but you know, she's cute. So yeah. Right. So I'm sure I'm going to like him. And then all of a sudden he doesn't like him. He's like, Oh crap, I can't say that. So then he's right. like, yeah, I love those things. And if she's like, well, tell me why, tell me more where it would be far more mature to say, I don't even know who this is, but right. I would love to know more. Tell me why you like them, but we're so afraid of that. So then we are codependent, we're enmeshed, we get together and then we start going through life and having experiences. So of course we're going to have different opinions and different thoughts because right. we were raised different. We're different. I was going to say species, but we're different sexes and we're different, all these things. Yeah. And so then yeah. if we can't then say, well, tell me how you feel and tell me more about that and be openly curious, then we're just getting into a relationship where we never are going to feel like we're ourselves and we're going to start to just slowly die from the inside. And so for real, right? With that, I do. I feel like, cause I was saying this was something I was, I've kind of been working on Mm -hmm. and last within the last like year or two, I started just owning up to like, if I hadn't seen a movie or if I hadn't heard a song, because I, I remember on dates, or in friendships or things like that, somebody would be like, Oh, have you seen this movie? And I would just be like, yeah, totally. for whatever reason, it would be too uncomfortable to admit yeah. or like, I thought I wasn't cool enough. So I'd just be like, Oh yeah. And then just let them talk about it. And again, just within the last like year or two, I finally was just like, okay, I can say no. Yes. And I can admit that I haven't seen it or I don't like that. And it honestly just makes it better and it opens up more conversation and more yes. opportunity. Cause now I feel like if somebody's like, Oh, have you seen this movie? And I say, no, I haven't. Then, you know, they might be like, Oh my gosh, why? Like, I can't believe that. But then it leads to, okay, let's watch it. Or let me tell yep. you about it is, or if I have seen it and I don't like it, then it's a conversation that we can have and we can you know, talk about why they liked it and I didn't or whatever it is. And so it's like cool to have the differences and then to be yeah. able to talk about the things. It almost just brings more connection it does. Rather like, than I don't, I don't want to be like overly dramatic, yeah. but yeah. But if somebody really is going to say, and I have clients sometimes that say, well, I'm sure you've read the book, whatever. And I, I early in my days, I might kind of go like, oh, I've heard of that, you know, but I, right. but because yeah. I didn't want them to feel uncomfortable, but it, now it's absolutely a, oh, I haven't heard about it. And every now and again, you get somebody that says, oh, wow, I would have assumed you would have read that. And now I, I say, yeah. oh, I haven't. But tell me why you liked it or tell me more. If you're on a date with somebody and they're saying, oh, wow, I can't believe you haven't seen that. I, I almost want to say at that point, get the check. You know, it is time to leave. Exactly. Um, though. That's the thing, too. It's kind of a nice way to weed people out that you don't want around you or in your because, you know, the reactions they might have. Or if we're talking about the fact that I you know, eat like a child again. Right. Right. If I like mac and cheese and chicken nuggets. And, and you spring, wear the bib and you like the little kid okay. utensils nope. and you like the sippy no. cup. And I mean, right. It's fine. And if they like, and if you say, oh, more wah-wah, and they're like, what in the heck is that? I mean, right? Then they, they need no. to go. No. No. <laughs> okay. Too far. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I guess, yeah, technically, if that, you know, but no, I'm an adult. Yes. And I, I eat the food as if I'm an adult. It just happens to be food that maybe a six-year-old would also eat. 
Right. Okay. With your fingers. But I mean, that's fine. No. <laughs> okay. No. But anyways, yes. my whole point being, say I was dating somebody, if they didn't like me because of a food that I liked. Oh, exactly. Why do I even want to be a part of that? It's not just about the food. It's about all the other. Okay. And then on that note, this is where I think uh, we talked about this back in the day. And I think it's so important is you and your career, you're doing really well and people need to all come see you because you're good at it. And you talk to them in your chair and all those things. But had you been trying to navigate a relationship young, early, you know, that's the stuff that I worry that if you would have felt like I need to devote more time to this relationship than the career, or if you would have needed to, if that person, heaven forbid, they would have said, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. And if you would have said, oh, okay, yeah, because I don't want to make this person upset. Oh, that breaks my heart because look at right. where you're and at. And now you're showing, yeah, dream. totally. Yeah. Which I think happens. And it's it so, does. it happens a lot. It's heartbreaking. Actually. I got an email from somebody that heard our episode on the virtual couch a couple of weeks ago and they just, and mm-hmm. I felt bad, but they just said first, they were like, first up, I now regret the fact that I let people talk me out of going to cosmetology school. Yeah. But then they went on to say some really nice things about the message that we told about the ways to parent, uh, older kids. And, but that part alone, Oh, I just felt for this person. I don't even know the person, but you could just tell in that email that they were talked out of it. Yeah. It just sucks. Cause again, it is you and it is your life and you are the one that has to do it and be here every second of every day. And so do what is, good for you and fulfilling for you. And you can't let other people tell you that that's wrong or not good enough or whatever it is. Or, and if they are telling you that, then either get rid of them or there's conversations to be had there, you know, and And they can be uncomfortable. They can be uncomfortable conversations. That's okay. Yeah. But it's worth, you know, having those conversations. Can I tell you a hot therapy take that I'm going to start talking about more over on my stuff? is that I really feel like this is a great example of I don't ever want somebody else to be in the way of someone else's dreams, like the parent. So the example I think of is, do you remember what you wanted to be when you were in high school? You went to like nerd camp and then you got like chosen for the STEM stuff. That was, and you, that was in middle school. Thank oh, you. Oh, was it really? Okay. Yeah. But you wanted to be a marine biologist and work with penguins. And so that's the one where it would have been easy for a parent to say, oh, okay, you know, that's a pretty tough career. Not a lot of people get into it, but we would go to the aquarium and we would look at the penguins and we were saying, absolutely, Mackie. And you did remember you went to some STEM thing. I did go to a nerd camp. Yeah. I did. But, but I love the fact though, that if a parent just says, yeah, that's not really something that you're going to be good at down the road, then that's their issue. And it, and it breaks my heart that that's where I don't want anyone to ever get in the way of someone else. Let that person go to nerd camp and discover that maybe that isn't what they want to do when they got lost right. at all the math talk. Theoretically. <laughs> that totally didn't happen. No. But it did. Yeah. Because <laughs> it just shouldn't be a thing that other people are allowed to get in the way of other people's dreams. No. Because I think a lot of people do end up missing out on things that they wanted or always having that what if throughout their whole life of just what if I would have done that, you know, that thing that I really wanted to do. And then they kind of have to deal with that discomfort forever. Yeah. Like their whole life when the reality is in most situations, there is a way to do the thing you want to do. Yeah. Or at least go down that path and and you may find that, okay, now that leads to this and this leads to this and this leads to that which is a great journey too. And maybe you end up changing your mind and all the things, but it's like, there is a way to, to go for it in some sense. Yeah. And I think a lot of people end up missing out on that because of other people or because of their, or even just them thinking about it. So I don't know if you remember when I decided 
to drop out of college and go to cosmetology school, Mm -hmm. I was so scared to bring it up to you guys, which you had never given me any reason, right? Because it's like you'd never given me any reason to think that you would think that that was stupid or not a good idea or anything like that. But I, in my head, put together all these things I had maybe heard from other people or you know, even my own self-doubt or whatever it was, and then twisted that into going, well, they're going to think this is stupid. So I can't throw it out there. I can't try this. And it's like, I almost let my own incorrect thoughts there stop me from even suggesting, which is so sad, but I think it is, it is when we do get stuck in this like self-image type of thing where we, we don't have the confidence in ourselves it is so easy to then let things like that take over and stop us from saying what we want or reaching for what we want, which sucks. It does. (laughs) It does. Yeah. Cause it's funny now to look back on that too, because I think when you came to tell us, I, I, in my mind, I make the joke of you were saying, Hey guys, I think I want to, and in my mind, I'm thinking go to cosmetology school. Okay. It's about time. But then we had to let you get it out and be very dramatic. I don't know. And then we were saying, okay, Sounds good. And it's been great. And so it's kind of just a bummer that we let our self-doubt get in the way so much. And then that circles all the way back to kind of what we were talking about at the beginning, where we do feel held back you know, based off of our body image or our appearance. Um, and so I do have another potentially kind of comfy, but gets you thinking <laughs> concept okay. thing here. Okay, so picture, picture that you've made it to the end of your life and somebody hands you a clipboard with all your statistics on it of how you spent this little bit of time we have on this earth. Can you imagine what it would feel like to see the numbers on there and see that you spent more time worrying about your body or your appearance or anything like that than you did just living your life? Oh, that one hits. Because I think I, I would be so embarrassed to see the numbers yeah. of like what percentage of time I've spent worrying about my body or trying to change my body or thinking about my body, whether it's like counting calories or overexerting myself or just sitting there and being upset about it or eating because I'm upset, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I cannot even imagine what that would feel like to actually be handed that and go, yeah, you just spent all of that time oh. and all of that opportunity you had to live an incredible life, just thinking about your body. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I just can't even imagine what that would feel like. It's made me kind of put things in perspective a little bit where, you know, the size of my jeans does not matter. Hmm. Right. The size of your uh, jeans doesn't matter. No, not it at all. Really Cause does. I always thought they would get smaller the older I got and they're not. And it's okay. And it's okay because I was actually talking with one of my clients about this the other day and we were just, it's like, have you ever seen a person and gone, "Mm, I bet she's wearing a size 12. No, I don't know what your sizes really mean. And I've never done it with a guy either. Exactly. Because nobody cares. Nobody cares. And it doesn't matter. And nobody is looking at you and going, "Ah, I bet that's like this size or that's this, whatever. Nobody cares. If anything, they're looking at you and they're going, she looks good in those jeans. Yeah. You know, like that's the reality of it. How much life are, are we missing out on because of how overwhelmed we get by the discomfort of how we feel about ourselves? Yeah. Um, 
Well, and I like what you're saying, Mackie. I think it's hard too that you, if you are now hearing this, because this data, this question is another one that kind of hurts my head a little bit in a good way. That if people are saying, oh my gosh, I've wasted so much time doing that, then this is the point where all you can do is accept that that you didn't know what you didn't know. And now when you catch yourself doing that, uh, bless your brain's little pink squishy heart, it, it's, yeah. it means well, but now I need to give it some grace and then just be more present and do and all those things. So that, cause that one's heavy. That's a great question. So I just threw together a little list that we can just run through of things that I've either learned in therapy, just things that can help with your body image or self-love. So number one, practice self-compassion, giving yourself grace, like you were saying, and treating yourself kindly, treating yourself like you would somebody else that you love. Because if you think of somebody that you love, like whether it's your best friend or a family member, you know, anyone that is important to you, would you stop loving them because they gained weight or lost weight or Mm. changed their haircut? It's, It's like you, that would not affect the love that you have for them or the way that you feel about them. And if it does, then maybe you need to you know, look inward. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe work on some things there. Yeah. But I think when we love somebody, the way that they look doesn't matter. And when their looks change, it doesn't matter. And so taking that and flipping it onto yourself, you should still get to love yourself regardless of what you look like. Can I tell you one of the, it's the cheesiest, most hack therapy bits, but it works every time. Mm-hmm. Almost every time right. is when somebody, I, I will say, Hey, what would you tell somebody that's coming to you with this and almost inevitably the person says well i would tell them that it's not not so bad and yeah and it's so it is a little bit of a yeah and it works and then i just think in the mental health world i think we've talked about this on on my show and but when people start with the what's wrong with me and i'm broken but it's nothing you're not broken you're human and you have the thoughts and feelings and emotions you do because you are the only version of you that's ever been on the face of the earth and all, based on all your experiences your nature and your birth order and your dna and abandonment rejection and hopes and dreams and fears and everything makes you who you are so check it out this is what i think and this is how i feel and i think that leads to that grace because we so often start with what's wrong with me and i am broken and i shouldn't think these things and that's where oh my gosh that stuff just that's the breaks my heart yes yeah. All circles back to, yeah. Give yourself grace. Be nicer to yourself. Yeah. Even though it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Then second thing, um, affirmations, they feel silly sometimes. Um, but yeah. say the nice things out loud and then going with that challenging negative thoughts, kind of rethinking them. My therapist would have me write down a negative thought I have and then right there, flip it <laughs> and turn mm-hmm. it into something else that was more, a little bit more um, realistic and positive. So the second that negative thought enters your brain, you catch it and then you go, okay, why am I thinking that? And then turn it. And so I think a lot of the things that we would talk about was, you know, is my things I felt about my body. And so it'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, say the thought comes in my head, I don't look good or anything like that. Then I would stop that thought right there. And then my therapist would be like, okay, tell me something that's true and good about your body. And it'd be like, okay, Maybe I don't love the way that I look right now, but mm. my body is so strong and it has carried me this far and I'm healthy because you know, your brain starts to believe the things you tell it, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. All that. So it's like just catching those thoughts and rewriting them a little bit as they come. And so stop the thoughts, rework them rather than just shoving them away or yeah. ruminating on the negative thoughts. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next thing, grounding yourself with positivity in the sense that if there's somebody in your life that is constantly making you feel worse about yourself, you're allowed to 
distance yourself from that person or you're allowed to confront and have conversations that need to be had. But if somebody is making you feel awful about yourself, maybe don't, don't, you know, don't lean into that. No, and to get a little deep on that one, and we could do a whole episode on this in the future, but the unfortunate part is people get kind of locked into those relationships because mm-hmm. that is the role that maybe you play as the, I call it in, in my world, the pathologically kind person, that then that person, then they may be more emotionally immature and they may make themselves feel better by putting you down as crazy as that sounds. Because if you're the person that's being put down, that isn't the way you think. So you're assuming then that they just, they must be having a bad day or, you know what, I can let this go. But if it's a continual pattern, then the sad part is when you start to then put up a boundary or you start to step away from the relationship, it's not like they will go, Oh, cool. My bad. You know, then they're going to say, wait, what you abandoned me now? You think you're better than me or, and they start to push more buttons. And I think that that's what can be one of the most difficult things when you start to step into your own and be more from this place of acceptance and growth. And I I am enough and I'm lovable, but I am kin enough. But then at those points, the people that the relationships that you may be in are, they've, they've kind of evolved to a certain place where we play different roles in the relationship. And so it can be hard to get out of that role, especially when you are that kind person. So that's why I think everything that you're talking about today is so important because it's going to start from deep within. And then by Mm -hmm. the time you're ready to start to express yourself, we hope that people are going to throw a party and say, yay. But if you've been their, their whipping post or their emotional support animal, so to speak, then they need you to take that role again and they may make you feel bad about stepping into your own or finding yourself. So I love that you brought that up because that can be really right. difficult. But that is a them thing and it's not a yep. you thing. Totally. And you're still well allowed said. to continue that, you know, yeah. that growth, yeah. and that self-discovery there. And that actually goes into my next point, which is just to celebrate the little tiny victories <laughs> mm-hmm. and to give yourself credit. Because I think little things, it's so hard to just not even acknowledge that and not give ourselves credit but you're allowed to, and you're allowed to be proud of yourself and excited for the little things that you are improving. Or even if you have a moment where you're like, Oh, you know, what? I do look good today. And you maybe yeah. don't think that very often. That is such a win. Acknowledge that and feel that um, and be proud of yourself. Um, okay. Next, this one is something I'm trying to do a lot, <laughs> but okay. focusing on health rather than appearance, yeah. you know, especially like if you are on a fitness journey of any sort, um, rather than stressing about specific measurements or the number on the scale or comparing yourself to other people that are very fit or anything like that to focus more on just being healthy and to find exercises that make you feel good. Like for Mm -hmm. me right now, I go on a lot of walks and it's not, you know, doesn't burn the most calories, doesn't build any crazy muscle, but it's good for my body and it's good for my mind. It makes me feel good. Find the the activities and the things that make you feel good because it is about being healthy, not Mm. being perfect. Yeah. And then with that, this concept of body neutrality, which is just to practice viewing your body more neutrally. And just as though your body is a vehicle that allows you to experience life and to think of it that way and not as the biggest part of you, because as amazing as it is, it is just kind of the vessel that carries you through. And last thing I have on my list, um, another thing I learned from therapy that I told you about that is kind of silly to hear at first. But, oh, I know um, everyone. This is good. It's this concept of naked time. Naked time. Naked time. And not in a weird or creepy no, or it's not at all. weird way at all. But it's just this concept of existing in your body <laughs> as it is and working on being comfortable with it. And so my therapist told me, 
that every time after I get out of the shower or whatever, instead of just hurrying and you know, getting closer and avoiding every meet is to just be for a minute, you know, kind of walk around, be naked for a second and to almost get used to your body in a sense, but then be comfortable with it because the more comfortable you are, the more you're able to then just kind of go, you know what? I appreciate this thing. And I love this thing. And I feel okay just being in my body, which then leads to feeling good about being in your body and just it does. does, it weirdly helps. I know it sounds weird, but no, I, Mackie, this is funny. I mean, I've been doing that myself because it was always yeah. just hurry up and quick change and hide. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been funny. Yeah. That, that, that's been pretty liberating. Yeah. Liberating it is. And it's a, it weirdly helps a lot. So I encourage you to close um, the blinds. I mean, just a little pointer. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. that. Yeah. Don't just parade around the streets no. or anything. No, that. right. that's yeah. I'm talking maybe you're just in your bathroom or you're in sure. your apartment or whatever, yeah. but to just, to just be in your body and be okay with it and not be judging it. That was one thing too. My therapist, she was like, this is not time for you to sit there and scrutinize every part of it. you're just being, and any thoughts you're going to have, they just have to be good. They just have to be like grateful ones of yeah. just, my body's good. My body's strong. Yeah. Those types of thoughts. So those are just a few things that I've been working on myself that I feel like do kind of help in that journey of body image, self-image, self-discovery, self-love, all of that. Um, and I think just in my experience so far, I feel like self-love is a lifelong journey. It's not just a, you reach a certain point and you're good to go for the rest of your life because our bodies change and life changes. It's not linear, so to speak, but it is a journey that is there and self-love is achievable and within reach. If you just kind of take the steps there yeah. <laughs> to be and to appreciate your body and to practice being comfortable with the thought that there is more to you than just what you look like. And I've said this a few times, but your worth doesn't come from the size of your jeans. Um, the way that you look has nothing to do with your value or what you deserve or what makes you wanted or lovable. And the number on the scale means nothing, especially when it comes to who you are. You are you, period, exactly as you are. Whatever size your body is, whatever you look like, you are you. And that's beautiful and that's great. And so this is kind of your... Uh, your gentle, loving nudge to wear the swimsuit or go on the date or get the haircut or wear the outfit to just live the life that you want to live and not give insecurity the power to rule your life in any way. Like anyone listening, I don't even have to see you to be able to confidently tell you that you look great and you are deserving of all the good things and you are loved right now exactly as you are. Um, and again, that your body really is the least interesting thing about you. As cool as it is, as cool as bodies are and all that, it really is the least interesting thing about you. So just be nice to it. Take care of it. <laughs> show it love, but don't let it stop you from doing what you want to do or being who you want to be. You um, are kin enough, so Matt. Yes, exactly. You are kin enough. Um, so after you listen to this, go look in the mirror and tell yourself how much you love yourself and maybe have some naked time later. I don't know whatever you got to do. But, you know, I encourage you to start the self-love journey if you haven't, <laughs> because it is a good one. Okay. You, do you have any other thoughts, Tony guy? No, that was I, honestly, that was fun is I thought episode one kind of, we had reached our peak, but I felt like today, <laughs> you know, I, I love it. I, I, yeah, I think so. And I, yeah, cause I, I, that was really easy to talk about and I appreciate the work yeah. that you did. And uh, 
that there, we went on some tangents here today that I really was grateful for because you know, there's yeah. some things that I've been kicking around and as a therapist that I think we were able to touch on today too. So I appreciate all the work you're doing, Mac. Amazing. Okay. So there will be an episode three, whether you invite me or not is to be seen. Stop. Kind of take it from there. But yes, this is all we have for you today. Thank you for feeling some feelings with us. Um, this has been the second episode of the mind, the mirror and me. You can find me on Instagram at beauty by Mackie. And you can find you at Tony Overbay underscore LMFT. Perfect. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us. And we will talk again soon. Bye.